Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Today's episode, as we make our way through this end of the year, we are bringing back some of the favorite guests of the show, and we have an all-time favorite, Brian Jester. Remember him? Brian Jester serves as the director of Faith Formation here at Bethany Lutheran Church. He's been on the podcast a couple of times, but it's been a long while, so I brought Brian back on to talk about hope. This is the season of perpetual hope, and um, he and I both have a lot to say about this, just given the years that we've lived through. Uh, Brian and I both started working here at Bethany in 2019, not too long before this whole pandemic thing hit. And so we've had a lot of time to reflect on the idea of hope in the midst of despair. And that's a lot of what we discuss here today, while also giving you a picture of some of the things that we're just so proud of and so excited about that are happening here at Bethany. Um, Even if you aren't a Bethany member, and I know there's a lot of you out there who listen to this podcast, I still think you'll find this conversation interesting as we reflect on Advent as a season of hope and the ways that God brings hope to our despair. As always, friends, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, at, throughout this Advent season, as you know, we're bringing back some favorite guests of the show. And uh, additionally, we also find ourselves in a season of Advent, a season of unending hope and joy. And so for both of these reasons, I had to bring Brian Jaster on the podcast because who else is more a source of unending hope and joy than Dr. Brian Jaster? <sighs> Hey, I'm so glad you're here. I mean, usually you're across the hall, but you're in my office right I'm now. I'm so glad to be here. So glad to talk about hope and joy in a time of despair, as it comes for some people. Hope and joy persists and remain and come and show up all the time. So excited. Yeah, and, and it, this is going to be a fun one for us to record, too, because as we were kind of planning it out, we were realizing that there's a lot here at Bethany, where we both work, that brings us a lot of joy these days, even though there's probably also a lot of cause for despair in this world around us. And so here's what I'm going to start us off, right? That's how we want to talk about today is just stories of hope during a time of despair. And here's why this is so Adventy. I think this is super cool. I was reading um, in my Advent devotional a little bit about um, kind of some of the circumstances for when Advent was established within the Christian church. And you got to kind of put yourself back in this mindset before electricity right? An agricultural community that depends exclusively on the sun for life. And so these communities, which were in the Northern Hemisphere, are watching as the sun is spending less and less time in the sky. And I'm sure that for some people, you know, didn't have Wikipedia to look up all this information on. Uh, Kids, don't use Wikipedia for your school reports. Come on. Uh, But they, they see the sun disappearing and then they're thinking like, wait, is it going to come back? It would have probably been a moment of incredible despair to live in this time like, wait a second, we need that sun for our crops to grow. Is it going to return? And yet the Christian church comes along and puts a holiday right at this time of year and says, yeah, like even though it seems as if despair is creeping in more and more each day, we still have reason to hope. We still have reason to look towards the future with hope and joy. So Brian, there's my little um, soliloquy of an intro to all this, but I want you to tell us some stories about how you are finding hope during times of despair. Yeah, I mean, 
despair is so easy to focus on, I think, and all the things we can't do or shouldn't do. And, and the pandemic feels like it tells the whole story sometimes about mm. our culture and about communities and about the life of the church and about other congregations. But, you know, we sat back sometime like summer and just reflected upon and listened to what God's work has been doing, what God the Holy Spirit has been creating. And that just set us in motion to try to come up with experiences for the fall where teens would get to lead, where their leadership and gifts would influence kids, and where we would tell a story at a time and tell it in five or six different ways. And so we came up with you know, an exploration station and arts and crafts, and we built a low ropes course downstairs at Bethany. We did different Super low cool. ropes elements every week. And we thought about singing and how important singing is. Singing like is the persistent voice of hope against despair because when you sing it, something new is proclaiming you that God wants to put into the world. And so we set up to make Joyful Jam in the center of like Wednesday nights. Um, and it, that just kept going. Like we add a little thing and it would just make for a more life-giving, more robust thing. And suddenly it's like we weren't focusing on things we couldn't do anymore. It's like, well, we could do this week, we could do this, this week, this week. And then for us on staff, like every Thursday morning after Wednesday night's over, we would spend an hour just celebrating all the little pieces of things, the things kids would do, who was throwing a football, who was jumping up and down during Joyful Jam, and you know, who was just so excited to eat really good food, you know, who in confirmation was learning something they'd never heard first time. They're like, what do you mean? What do you mean God is love? I never heard that before. I'm like, yes. Like so many little things where hope just kept springing forth and a little bit of hope would build a little bit of hope would build more. Mm. And it was like despair was just left in the ashes. And it's not that things haven't been hard. I mean, we had to cancel like one of our Wednesday nights in, in November because of a COVID scare on staff that that was, was really hard on you brutal i <laughs> cried about that i laid down on the ground and i was like no we can't and then i realized no we must but guess what when we came back it was that vibrant thing again and now even like outside we're doing things more outside you know with like the fire pits and the space heaters like and doing it outside it's like it's still warm and people love it and there's just a sense of oasis there's this sense of like uh, uh that, that hope and joy persists in a way that you feel like it's a, a, a gentle oasis in the middle of a storm of life and that alone, that alone has been worth all of this. Yeah, well, and so just for some of our listeners, too, who might not know <laughs> about what we do on Wednesday nights, like right. this was just a random, this didn't exist even before the pandemic, Right. Um, at least while you and I have been here at Bethany. And just, it was a, a total shot in the dark. And I remember as we were planning to do the first one, like, we have no idea, right? Like, we, we want to have a meal on Wednesday nights. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know how <laughs> cooked any. We have no idea how many people are going to come. Like, this could be... T- this could be 15, or it could be 85, which is about what we're getting each week. Yeah, because doing things together in person is a little different than the recent past before that. And yeah. face-to-face in a time where we've all been pretty disconnected face-to-face and relying on virtual tools and cell phone calls, etc., to do things. And so to come together and to have way more people than we expected also was definitely brought us some joy and some hope for like, okay, we've got this now. What can this become? And that's the exciting part, too, is that, yeah, there's still further ways that we're going to continue to kind of build out from this. Um, But I like what you're saying, too, is that it's not as if we've ignored or aren't aware or pretending that the realities of the pandemic don't exist. That still influences so much of what we do each and every week. And yet, I'm really proud, and I know you are, too, like that we've been able to bring some hope and some joy even as things continue to be difficult and strange and, you know, stops and starts all over the place. Yeah, and what's cool about hope and joy is they seem to be little sprinkles of sunshine and darkness and that you, you see a little bit of them at a time. And that, for us, means that, like, 
each week we keep like learning and tweaking a little bit here and there and here and there and things just kind of happen that we didn't expect whether it's leaders of some of the stations like we had a a, a couple who um ha did a, a scavenger hunt with with some groups of weeks in a row and they just were absolutely mind-blowingly awesome like things like that happen all the time and another one is we realized like sometime mid-summer that there's a couple of young adults people who are in their early 20s 21 22 23 24 years old who were around and we looked at each other, you know, Nate and I did, and said, gosh, I wonder what, what they get part of. Well, now a few of them lead Joyful Jammin', you know, and others a, a confirmation guide. And then we have this group called Pub Theology that meets at the Torchy Tacos at the street. And it is so vibrant with hope and joy, but but relation, relationship, deep prayer, uh, you know, conversation, um, and a space where they get to talk about, like, real matters of faith, of despair, of resurrection, of hope. In a, place, in a way they don't do any, any other space. Exactly. And, th and that's the part we keep hearing from that group, too. Because we don't do <laughs> much of any planning. No. You're good about sending a text, at least. It's like, <laughs> hey, it's going to be yeah. this Monday night. Um, but that's the part that we keep hearing from them, too. Like, it, it's funny how that little group is a source of hope for them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was talking to somebody this morning who was kind of saying the same thing. He just came for the first time this last Monday night. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, like, it was just so nice to have that level of conversation you know like because in as we go through our daily life sometimes you don't get to talk about god um just by nature of the work you do you and i are pretty lucky that that topic comes up every now and then um but <laughs> people working in the finance sphere yeah or you know or, or whatever else it might be don't have that opportunity um and yeah i think it's stuff like that too i mean that we don't recognize the gifts that we have sometimes until mm -hmm. they're gone Right. Like for the, the, the person I was talking to this morning, you know, grew up going to church, all those good things. But then he, he was saying, like, hadn't had a lot of connection and just the chance to sit down and talk with some people about a life of faith was really healing for him. Yeah. I mean, it's been amazing. I mean, another thing we didn't mention, too, which we haven't done in a while is on Sunday mornings at the late service. We have a time within worship where kids have a special time of worship where they go off to a space and then return with some gifts for the whole worship service. We call it children's church, children's worship. And another thing, again, like not seeing a lot of kids face-to-face -face in a while, that has been so vibrant and so interesting. And it's very simple. All we do is like they come in, they hear a story, one story read by one teenager. Then they get an arts and craft that helps them to dive deeper into the story. And maybe the arts and craft is a song or maybe it's something they create that we display in the sanctuary. And then we do some singing and songs. And it's so simple. But... Man, every time, and even lately, like not only an increasing number of people, but little bits of hope, little bits of joy, just grow. You know, mm. it's like when you give them away, there's not enough remaining. It's like, no, it just keeps on growing, which is just fascinating. And we are completely gra so grateful about that and, un and, and surprised by it. Like, that's the thing about the last couple of months. It's just I'm continually surprised by how the, the little gifts that God gives just grow. I mean, even people we talked to you last night who were here for the first time or second time, they were just so thrilled, whether they're just eating together or seeing people. The, the, the gratitude and the hope and the joyfulness of the moment was truly powerful. And it seems small when I think about it. But then when I listen to people, I'm like, no, this is a big deal for people. And this is part of God's big deal because God's gifts of hope and joy come in the midst of actual despair and actual, yeah. actual wilderness, actual pain, actual suffering, and they bring life. Um, and I'm grateful just to be part of little bits of how that life is happening just lately for here for our community. And for, and for all you that are listening that are part of our community, like the gifts you bring to it are so significant. And I think one of the things that I've been learning too is is how, as you've been kind of describing, is that hope are these little like sparkles that can show up, but then that can build upon each other. 
And so just to, to take the time to focus and celebrate, I mean, that's the, Brian's super good at this. At the start of every one of our meetings, he's always like, okay, so what do we have to celebrate from the last week, from the last night? Um, but I just think that that's really valuable and important for setting our mindset as a whole, too. You know, like we, we still have things to complain about. Oh, yeah. um, we've, we've had some very difficult things that we've had to live through recently around here. Um, yep. And... And yet, like the, the predominant message always does come back to, to the hope and the joy that we're finding. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I feel like there's just, there's momentum that builds with that, that that's important, right? Like I, I was literally saying this to my kids last night of all of life is going to be this kind of conglomerate of good stuff and bad stuff, you know, and nothing is just a hundred percent good. Just like nothing is probably just a hundred percent bad. Um, but it's what you choose to focus on. That's going to bubble to the top. And so by taking time to first and foremost be joyful and grateful, I think it changes the whole game. Um, It it just, it totally changes the mindset and what you pay attention to and what you notice. um, And then as a result, where you end up going. Uh, And so, I mean, it's just a part that I think a lot about these days because there is so much to feel down about, to struggle with, to complain about. Um, And it can be really easy for that to be the sole focus and to be dragged into despair. Mm. My, my favorite verse of, of, of the Bible, a.k.a. the book of Romans, one of the things that Paul says is, is um, not only does Abraham hope against hope to become father of nations, but hope never disappoints. Hope does not disappoint us. And in this time, it, it feels hard to cling to the kind of hope that makes a difference, that creates a reality that you can hold on to. And I think that's the thing. We've found these things that we get to hold on to. And so that's why perhaps, you know, that God creates actual flesh and blood that we get to hold on to Jesus himself who comes at the end of Advent. But all these experiences that, um, you know, whether it's kids throwing a football outside or singing songs of Joyful Jamming or people learning at Confirmation or Coffee Cooper High School or Camp Bethany's Story or, you know, all these little things, the little pieces, the little sparkles of hope create something that makes our world different. And hope changes us and it makes us different. Joy changes us and makes us different. And that, that is enough. And if I get anything else for Christmas, we've got those. Those are the gifts that I most long for and we most need it and God freely gives. So thanks be to God for that. I'll close with this. Uh, it's a pretty cool quote from uh, an author named Henry Nouwen. Uh, and it's just exactly this whole idea that we've been talking about too. He, he says, there's a very old piece of wisdom that comes from the fourth century monks of the Egyptian desert. Do not combat the demons directly. Instead of paying so much attention to the Prince of Darkness, they advised their disciples to focus on the Lord of Light and thus indirectly, but inevitably, undo the power of the demon. I therefore want to say as clearly as I can that the first and foremost task of the peacemaker is not to fight death, but to call forth, affirm, and nurture the signs of life wherever they become manifest. Think Advent invites us into such behavior to call forth and affirm the signs of life. Even as the world is technically getting darker, we know that there's hope on the horizon. So, so together for good podcast listeners, may the hope, may the joy that God brings now be the things that push despair aside and bring forth life in your world and in the whole universe. Stay in peace, everyone.